path that this will be part two. You know, last week we, we I was able to teach uh, on, on something that's near and dear to my heart because as I began to give my life to the Lord as a young man, you know, I had a lot of plans. I had a lot of things that I wanted to do. I mean, I wanted to, I mean, coming out of high school, I want, all I want to do is be a cowboy. I just wanted to ranch, and, and I was headed to Wyoming or Montana or somewhere with big ranch. That's all I was going to do. And, and then uh, God brought Sue into my life, and, and you know, uh, she changed a lot of that. I didn't go on a rodeo scholarship. I didn't go ranch. I stayed home, went hooked up, and, and got married. And uh, we got married really young, and and but but the interesting thing was God already had a hold hold of my heart and and I just had to be willing to say okay God I'll do it your way and I can tell you that there's been many things that have, are different from what I had planned, but I can look back now over my life of 36 years of marriage, of, of serving God, 35 out of those 36, and, and just serving God over these last years, and 30 years in the ministry, and all the twists and turns and all the, the things. I can tell you that the path that God has for me was better than anything that I could have ever done. You know, I, I made a choice, and I, I've shared the testimony at, at different times. You know, I, I remember, <clears throat> I remember in high school, uh, being, uh, 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 you know, I, I ran from God really hard for a while. I ran from God and and was partying and was was running and doing all the stuff that cowboys living the cowboy you know life or cat living what termed as a, as, a, as a cowboy dream, I guess. And and but I, but I was miserable. And uh, probably because I had a praying mama and grandma and, and, and God wasn't going to let me, you know, he had a call on my life and he had a plan for my life. But he has a plan for each one of us. And, and in that moment, I remember uh, I was at my aunt and uncle's house. I was living with them. We were rodeoing all the time, living, doing what I thought I wanted to do. And, and, uh, and, and I, but I was laying there and I would pray and I'd say, God, I, I want out of this, but I don't know how. I gotta have some help, and, and I and I prayed. Literally, I prayed. I said, God, just bring me a really good girl. I, I thought, man, I, if I had a really good girl in my life, you know, that 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 girlfriend, somebody who was on the straight and narrow, somebody that would keep me lined out, somebody that I could use as an excuse. And I said, but God, she's got to be pretty. She needs to be good, she needs to be good looking, and, and and He blessed me. I mean, I always said I out, out kicked my coverage or whatever. I mean, you know, I I married up, but. But the, the thing was, was she was somebody that I, God brought us together, and, and there was no reason she should have dated me. I, I don't like to tell this. Oh, the kids are all downstairs. The, the, my, my first, you know, my best friend, Freddie Cohen, who, who at the time he was my best friend there in, in school, they were, they were good friends, and I had moved up to Jet Nash, and, and he... He said, you need, you, you know, he was encouraging Sue and, and I to get together. You know, he was trying to kind of play matchmaker. Well, she, she was out of my class, out of my league, out of my, I was like, there is no way I, I'm even going to ask her out. And, um, but, but I, I went up being Mr. Cool. She was a, she was a lifeguard at the jet pool. And uh, she, we was outside there. She pulled up there to come to work or, or whatever. I don't remember, but uh, I offered her a beer. That was how I introduced her, you know, my, my first interaction with her is, here, here, you, you want a beer? You haven't ever heard that? <laughs> it's amazing what you learn uh, uh, at, at, at church, but her, her, her mom and dad didn't know that either, and I always said I have no idea why they let her date me, even, because I was a mess at the time. But here's the thing, 
uh, me just being me, I, I offered that, you know, and, 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 and uh, of course, expecting her to reject that, obviously expecting her to, because she didn't drink, she didn't do any of that kind of stuff. And, but it was amazing how God put, a, put us together, and, and then the amazing how we stayed together, because, oh man, we were just, you know, out, just out of high school, fought like cats and dogs, uh, broke, never had, never had any money. I mean, it was, it was a lot of reasons why we never should have made it. But God, we continue to keep God in the center of our life. And one of the keys to, to the, the blessing that we have as a life, and you guys are getting to see the end of things. You, you didn't get to see all the times of raising kids, the times of fighting through, the times of never having any money, the, the times of, of all the struggles that we went through. But yet God was with us in every one. And, and the, the, the thing that is so remarkable is, is that we together chose to say, God, I want your path for my life. We chose to say, okay, God, I'm willing. And it was a struggle. It wasn't instant. I didn't do that at 19. I did that at 21 or so or maybe 22 that I finally said, I, 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 I argued with God. I discussed it with God. I made bargains with God. I said, okay, God, if you do this, I'll do this. You know, here's a great idea, God. You let me, you know, be what I want to be, and then I'll, you know, I'll surrender, you know, in all these different ways. But when I finally knelt down in that alfalfa field, I stopped the swather and, and I, and on the ranch, and I, and I just got out and knelt down. I said, okay, God, I'll go anywhere you want me to go. I'll do anything you want me to do. And when I, when I did that, I surrendered to him, and there was a difference. I was already saved. I was born again, I, I, but, and I was trying. But I hadn't surrendered. I hadn't, released my, my, I hadn't released my life to him. And see, it wasn't an instant transformation. I didn't instantly quit every negative thing in my life. That's why I never, you know, hold a judgment on people as they're growing. I give you, give you room. I always tell people, we, uh, you're just like God, I love you where you're at on the way to where you're going because I believe God's plan is taking you someplace. And I love to see the progression of these guys getting up here. When Dakota first started, you know, he didn't know, come here from Sikkim about try to, try to preach the, the word or share a gospel, share a word. He was more comfortable in it with a microphone. But as far as this, it was like, oh, gosh. And now he's helping with youth. And he's like, oh, gosh. And he's having to trust God. But you know what? God loves it when we're in the place where we're like, oh, gosh. Why? Because we need God, and, and He's there to help us. I, I love what, you know, Jared and different guys, Scott's going to have to get up here pretty quick. Uh, we're going to have to get others of you up here to do some of that. But it's an amazing thing when we're willing to say, God, I'll give you my life. Now, listen, I gave Him my life, and then I took it back. And then I'd give Him my life, and I'd take it back. And I'd give Him my life, and I'd take it back. And, and I can remember, it's, it's so awesome, here a year or two ago, I, I went to back to the ranch, and which was down around Romano's, and and I, I was able to drive down the road to different places and different, different times where I remember my conversation with God and when He spoke to me. I always tell the story about jumping off down off the Steiger tractor and hitting the dust rolling and knowing that I had the Spirit of the living God living on the inside of me. I've shared that one before, I think. And, and there was another time where, where I, you know, the time in the, in the alfalfa field where I knelt down and said, okay, God, I'll go anywhere you want me to go do anything you want me to do. There was other times where I was in prayer arguing with God or negotiating with God like we try to do sometimes in and, and, and giving up our life or giving, him to, to giving our life to Him. And, and, and there, I was getting out to open a gate. We had a big old 30-foot stock tank, 30, probably 30-foot 30 stock tank that watered three pastures. 
And I was going, going into one of those, and I, I remember stepping out of there, and I was saying, okay, God, if you, if you give me this ranch debt-free, I can go into ministry, because then I can have money to hire help. And, you know, if you give me all this, you know, if you do it my way, God, we can have a, a great life. And his statement to me, it's, it was spoken as loud as I'm talking to you, even though it wasn't audible, it was just in my heart. He said, he said why don't you just trust me? Give it all to me. And I was like, ah. Now, see, that was months before I knelt down in the alfalfa field. I don't remember how long it was, but God spoke, and I had to be willing to say, okay, God, I'll do that. And you know what? When I said, and, and again, when I said, okay, God, I'll do that, I didn't instantly go into ministry. I didn't instantly change. There wasn't, and nobody else had any idea that I'd done that, but me and my heart of hearts had begun a process that worked over time. I began to follow God's path. And you know what? It's had a lot of twists and turns. There's been a lot of changes and transformations. There's been a lot of, 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 of very distinct times in my life where we, we were at a crossroads. We were at a, a why in the road. Do I go this way or do I go that way? I've told you the stories of, of different career paths when we were, had, had left the ranch and gone back to, gone back to college and, and to try to figure out what I was going to do now even though I didn't have the, the release to go into Bible college, I went back to school to try to figure out how to, and, and you know, God had a plan in that. And there came a time where I had to choose a career path with Federal Land Bank and, the, and their career program or owning my own security alarm business or going into ministry. There was, there was these opportunities. And I could have made my decision based on finances. That was guaranteed 35000 a year, and that was in 1996 or five or six. I mean, that would have been good money. Guarantee options, or there could have been the, the owning my own business. I mean, a, a security alarm company that, that had a, a monitoring deal that, that, that covered the whole state that uh, went into Tulsa and Oklahoma City that had all the account, many of most of the accounts in Stillwater at the time. It was a company called Falco Alarm. I could have you know, owned one division of that and, 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 and been, been you know, doing what I wanted to do, being my own boss, uh, you know, owning my own business. Those were options that were there, but I had to choose, what God, what is your path? And as that contract was slid across the desk to say, here, sign up for this, I had to, in my heart, say, okay, wait a minute, this isn't right. I, I, this is not what I, I'm sorry, I can't do this. i got to follow God. Now, see, not everybody's going to get, when you surrender your life to God, not everybody's going to become a preacher like I am. Not, you know, so, so rest easy. Some of you are, oh, man. You know, I was thinking about surrendering to God, but, you know, I don't want to become a preacher. Well, trust me, I didn't either. But here's what I've always said about being a... There, there are those that choose that as a career path. And I can tell you it's never very... Uh, I, well, it's a lot of work. I always tell people, if you're not called to be a minister, you don't want to be a pastor uh, if you're not called to be a pastor. But if you are called and you're not doing it, you're going to be miserable. So you might as well just surrender and say, okay, God, whatever it is you want me to do. Well, listen, what you're called to do may be a, a very, very unique and very, very different. But the path that God has for you is, is good. You know, I, I made the statement last week, every path has puddles, but maybe those puddles are God telling you where to step. You know, sometimes in life there's, there's, things, there's, there's things that we go through and experiences that send us in a direction. There's, there's times whenever we, we uh, I, I know when the ranch, the things that ended at the ranch, and I made those decisions to go to Stillwater, I didn't know what the outcome of that was going to be. 
I just knew that in, my, in, our, in our heart that this was the direction that we were going and we were trusting God was, was leading us in that way. And when we got there, He showed us. You know, there's an example, uh, and we'll get to a scripture here in a minute. In fact, if you got your Bibles, go ahead and turn to, let's just turn to Psalms 37, and I'll, I'll read some scripture here in just a minute. But w one of the examples that I learned early on was the example of Abraham. And one of the, one of the transforming uh, teachings, there was a, a, a teaching that was called Following the Faith of Abraham, and I listened to that cassette teaching in, at the ranch in my, in my pickups or, or, or the, the pickup or the tractor or whatever I was in. I bet I listened to that thing, I don't know how many times, for how long that I listened to that, that, that teaching. And it was about a six-tape set, six different hour or so teachings, and I, and I just went through that and went through that and went through that. As I go through my day feeding cattle, doing whatever I was doing, driving the tractor for hours and hours, I would listen to that teaching. But Abraham was given a direction from God. He said, he said, go and separate yourself and go to the land that I will show you. It's, it's, it, it's, I think it's in Genesis chapter 12, about, about chapter 12. And he, he God tells him, go where I'm going to show you. And it doesn't say that Abraham spent time going, well, okay, God, what are we going to do when we get there? You know, I'm blessed to have had an old school dad who said, go do something, and you went and did it. You didn't go, what, what, why? You might have said that once. The next time you got the toe of his pointed toe cowboy boots in your uh, seat of the pants, and, and you, you, you didn't do that twice. You went. And normally when you went, as you went, you understood, you know, if you kind of figured it out. But you learned to trust that what he said was needed, necessary, and good. He wasn't going to send me to do something that was going to harm me, it was, it, but it was necessary. And I, I, I learned to follow God somewhat that way. Abraham had to go to with God even though he didn't know the whole plan. I think that's a, a part of this. Let's look at Psalms 37. And we'll start with verse 3. I wasn't going to go here, but, but I want to go here now because the Lord's kind of taking this a different direction. In verse 3, this is a foundational scripture if we want to be willing to surrender our lives to God. Verse 3 says, Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. You know, it's, a, it's a, an amazing, just, just in that verse, just identifying the different parts of that verse, the, the first part is so key. It says, Trust in the Lord. Now, we read the scripture last week out of Proverbs chapter 3 that said, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not unto your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He'll direct your paths. Well, that scripture is the same. This is a different author, different writer of this, of this, but he's still saying the same thing. Trust in the Lord. And notice he says, and do good. Now, I didn't, I don't know why I need to, to say this necessarily, but maybe, maybe, we need to identify what being good is. It's not being perfect. You know, one of the things that I think keeps people out of church sometimes is this idea that they've got to live a perfect life. We've got to live a perfect life. And, and I, I've, I've shared the, the testimony before of, of how I remember when I first started trying to, trying to live for God, just trying to turn my life around. And, and I remember how I would just, man, I would just absolutely blow it during the week. And I'd come to church, and, I, and I'd come to church wanting to 
realign my life and, and wanting to get refreshed and wanting to get, to, get, to get things straightened out, but feeling condemned. And so I had to identify that doing good is not living that perfect life, but living a life that's willing to come running back to God. <laughs> I had to learn that when we sin, we need to run to God, not from Him. When we fall or fail, we run to Him, not from Him. And, and I had to learn that, that even though sometimes people might judge me, I don't think we have a lot of that here. I think we are pretty good at letting people have room to walk this walk out and grow. We don't uh, encourage uh, not living good, but we, we try to encourage that. But here's the thing. Doing good is not being perfect, but being willing to continue with God and come back to God. And I remember coming into church and thinking, man, if these people knew how I'd blown up this week, how I'd said those words or had those thoughts or acted that way or done whatever throughout the week. And then I remember standing more towards the front of the church and, and be worshiping the Lord and singing and, you know, lifting my hands. And I thought, man... What if so-and-so comes and shows up and, and they, they heard me, you know, acting that way or saw me doing this or whatever? And, and all these thoughts. And see, that's the devil trying to drive us away from the, the thing that God provides us with, which is the opportunity to, to, to make things right. He says, trust in the Lord and do good. Trusting in the Lord, part of trusting in the Lord is being willing to say, okay, God, I'm going to accept myself for, for who I am and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to accept your love for me. One of my, I do a daily teaching on High Call Ministries Facebook page every morning. And, and one of the weeks this week, I was teaching on that, on understanding the love of God. In fact, my Tuesday night sermon talked about the love of God as well. Understanding the love of God, I think there's two parts to that. But the first, first biggest part of that is how much He loves us. He loves us even in the midst of our failures and weaknesses. He loves us where we're at, on the way to where we're going. And, and, our, and, and that's part of that trusting the Lord. I'm going to trust in the Lord, and I'm going to, I'm going to do good, meaning I'm going, to, I'm going to keep running back to Him until the problems, the failures, the, the, the things begin to be changed. I'm going to be willing to say, God, I'm going to come back to you. And, and notice that, that verse, he continues with that. He says, dwell in the land and feed on His faithfulness. So dwell just means to live there. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dwell in the land. What's that, what's that really mean? I'm going to dwell in the place that God would have me to be. I'm going to be willing to say, okay, God, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put my trust in you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do good. And I'm going to dwell in the land. I'm going to feed on your faithfulness. I'm going to feed on. I'm going to take nourishment from. I'm going to focus on how good you are, how faithful you are. Then verse 4 says, delight yourself also in the Lord, and He'll give you the desires of your heart. And I mean, I got a hold of this verse early on, and I began, I said, you know, uh, uh, delight myself in the Lord, and, and He'll give me the desires of my heart. And I thought, boy, this is, this is it. This is what I want to be, because I want what I want. And I read that verse as, God's going to give me everything I want if I just do this first part. So I thought, boy, that's awesome. Well, that's not all that means. It means he'll give you the, direct, the right desires. Really what, he's, really what he's demonstrating in that is, is the exchange of his desires become my desires and my desires become his desires, and all of a sudden our desires are equal and, and on the same page and the same. 
That's that yieldedness. That's that willingness to say, okay, God, you know, I've, I've told you about all the different, the different places that Sue and I have lived, all the different houses we've had, and we just always chose to say, every, every, make everyone a home. Everyone was awesome. The best place we've ever been. We, but because a lot of it was we cho chose to make it that way. Some of the houses were, were, you know, really nice. Some of them were not so nice. Some of them were, you know, small. Some of them were bigger, you know, depending on what we needed at the time. Some of them were, 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 were less than what we wanted. But we just chose to make that a, a great place. We dwelled in the land that we were in. We fed on His faithfulness. We delighted in Him. And we allowed Him to give us the desires of our heart. And, you know, that, that get Him giving us the desire of our hearts means that we're going to be content and happy where we're at. And if we're, if we're, if we're not able to do that, then we've got to ask ourselves, am I in the right land? Am I in the right place? Am I where I need to be? And sometimes God has us uncomfortable because something needs to change. Sometimes that's the, the, the purpose of those things. Well, you know, when we begin to do that, if we begin to put those things together, those two verses together. Verse 5 says, commit your way to the Lord, trust also in Him, and He'll bring it to pass. You know, learning how to just rock along and trust God is a difficult thing sometimes. Some people, have, some people that's easy. I don't know. Some people just, I don't know. But if you're a person who, who likes to you know, have control of the situation. If you're a person who likes to, you know, likes to know the outcome, determine the outcome, set the thing, you know, and, and you're very impatient, you don't like to wait. You just want to take hold of things and, and make something move. And trusting God and allowing Him to bring it to pass in His timing is sometimes very, very difficult. That's why James taught, refers to patience as a virtue, that patience is something that is valuable and helps us be complete. But allowing Him to bring it to pass. Now, where our path is concerned, let's jump over to verse 23 because I want, I want to read uh, these and, and go through verses 23. And I'm in the uh, New King James, by the way. I, I, you can leave it in whichever, but I didn't tell you which translation a bit. But he says, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Uh, established is, is some of the translations say they're the, the established. You know, I'm of the under I, 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 I use... Uh, the, this verse, he says, steps of good man are ordered by the Lord, he, and he, he, God, delights in his way, this man's way, this person's way. You know, uh, some people have this idea that God's like a puppet master, and he's just directing things in your life. He, you know, he's forcing things. He's making, making things happen in our lives. And, and I, I, I tend to believe that, and, and I see it as, as God has created in us a, a opportunity to follow Him and not follow Him. He's looking for us to be yielded. He's setting us up for or establishing a way to go, but we can choose our path. So I could have chosen to stay with Federal Land Bank. I don't know what the outcome would have been. Now, ultimately, I may have ended up where God, obviously where God wanted me to be, but my path would have been different. If I'm willing to follow His path, then it's a good path. If I'm, willing, if I'm going to take the reins and make it go my way, then I may have to go places and do things that I wouldn't have had to done. God's saying like, you know. But it, the, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. You know, the King James says righteous, I believe. The steps of a righteous man are ordered by God. You know, sometimes you might question, well, Okay, though, that, that leaves me out because I'm not good. 
Well, you know, there's, there's a qualification for good. It's not measured on what we can do, what we bring to the table. Just like righteousness is based on Him, based on His righteousness. You know, your goodness, regardless of who you are, if, once we have, if we receive Jesus as Lord, if we confess Jesus as Lord, make Him truly Lord of our life, our goodness isn't based on us, it's based on Him. Our righteousness isn't based on us, it's based on Him. So I can say, okay, when I've given my life to Jesus Christ, whenever I repent of sin, when I, when I receive His forgiveness and His love, then that makes me righteous and good, even though I'm not always perfect and good. So, this doesn't di so I'm not disqualified from this verse. You're not disqualified from this verse if you're in that place. So you can say, well, okay, Lord, you're establishing my steps. You know, you remember my testimony of I had to be willing to say, God, I surrender my life. I'll go where you want me to go, do what you want me to do. But also remember there were times whenever I, I, I took the reins back. I, 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 I took control back. I'd give it to him, and then I'd, we'd, we'd rock along a little ways, and then I'd see something that I really wanted to do, and I, I'd take control. Or, or my emotions or my flesh or whatever would, would lead me into a direction that wasn't God. And then I'd have to realign. Well, see, that's the, that's the wonderful, and that's a wonder of God's love and His grace for us. And, and that's how we make that, prog that progression. That's, that's how we, what do we do? 1 John 1, 9, we repent of our sin and we receive His forgiveness. We realign, we readjust. When you, when you make, you know, if you're, if you're on track for doing something and you fall and fail, you don't give up and quit, you get back on. If, you know, you're riding a horse, what do they, what do they say? You, you get bucked off. Or you fall off. I got one story of falling off when I was a little kid. We're, we're, we'd been gathering cattle, and it was really a foggy morning, and, and we, were, we were AIing about a whole bunch of cows, and so uh, we had to gather them twice a day. And me and my sisters would, would gather the cattle, and, and uh, we, we went out, and, and it was so foggy, we couldn't, we, just in case we missed something, you know, you go back around and circle. Well, I go back around and circle, and I put my you know, leg up on the neck of the horse, and we're walking along. Well, this horse, Spooks, falls, I don't know what happened. I fell off, broke my nose. I'm bleeding everywhere. I'm, the horse comes riding, you know, comes running into the barn, ran off and left me, and I'm out there. I'm walking in. Well, the hired hand is freaking out because he knows my dad's going to absolutely flip. And, and I'm bloody, and, I'm, and, and, uh, and uh, they said I was saying every, every word that my mama wouldn't have been proud of and all these different things, griping at this, this horse and all blaming all this. And I got bucked off, and my sister was like, yeah, right, you fell off. <laughs> but you know what I had to do? I had to get back on. See, when we fall or fail, whether it's by choice, falling off or getting bucked off, what's the most important thing you do? You get back on. You, you, you overcome. See, where we fall and fail, where God is concerned, we have to be willing and, 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 and to, to surrender, to get back on, to follow God. You're going to make a choice to say, God, I'm going to follow you. Verse, verse 22, or 24, I mean, he says, though he, though he fall, this man, this good man, whose who steps are ordered to the Lord, though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholds him with his hand. Now, this is an Old Testament scripture, but when you apply that into the New Testament, you realize, we got to realize that what he's picturing there is just what I just talked about, that God is upholding us with his hand. When we surrender and give our lives to Jesus Christ, and, and we begin that process, we're going to fall, but we're not going to be utterly cast down. 
we have opportunity to be restored when we give our life to Him. He goes on here, he says, uh, <clears throat> I've been young and now I am old. I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor his descendants begging bread. He is ever, ever merciful and lends and, and his descendants and are blessed. Lends and his descendants are blessed. Depart from evil, do good, dwell forever. The Lord loves justice and does not forsake his saints. They are preserved forever, but the descendants of the wicked shall be cut off, and the righteous shall inherit the land and dwell in, in, in it forever. The mouth of the righteous speaks wisdom, his tongue talks justice, and the law of God is in his heart. You know, as I begin to, uh, to, to look at the trend, there's a transformation taking place when we've surrendered to God. He begins to see the blessing of the Lord coming on his people. And I, and I wanted to get down to <clears throat> verse 39 and 40 it says but the salvation of the lord but the salvation of the lord of the righteous is from the lord he is their strength in time of trouble the lord shall help them and deliver them he shall deliver them from the wicked and save them notice how because they trust him we well, you know uh, when i was preparing this and, and, and thinking about following the path of God. I had a lot more notes that I wanted to get to today, but, but, but just thinking about the ways that we follow God very simply is, first of all, is, is we establish that path of that way based on God's Word. We got we to gotta establish, and we talk a lot about that around here, talking about faith and, and how to follow God. Uh, <clears throat> let's look at uh, Matthew chapter 8. And uh, just so we get ready to close, I'm not going to get through all my notes, but Matthew chapter 8, I, I think this is a great example of, of what we're talking about here. In verse, uh, verse 23, you see, when we decide that we're going to follow God, there's going to be opposition to that. Again, we're going to fall down, we're going to, get, we're going to have to get back up. But in verse 23, it says, Now when he had gotten into the boat, his disciples followed him. Talking about Jesus. And suddenly a great tempest arose on the sea, so that the boat was covered with waves. But he was asleep. And his disciples came to him and awoke him and said, Lord, save us. We're perishing. But he said to them, Why are you fearful, O you of little faith? Then he arose and rebuked the wind and the sea, and they were calm, and so the men marveled, saying, who, who can this be, that even the wind and the sea obey him? You know, they didn't really understand who they had. And, and if you think about this, sometimes we, we have to realize, we need to realize what, what we have in Christ. I think a lot of times people are in the midst of the, of the, of the things that are going on in their lives and maybe they, they recognize God once in a while. Maybe they, they pray once in a while. Maybe when, when uh, you know, on Sunday morning you come to church or, or maybe but through the week you don't ever think about God. Maybe there's, there, the only time you, you seek God is when there is a big problem. Well, you're not going to have the same understanding of who's in your boat. I taught a series on that, who's in your boat. You know, Jesus... They didn't have to worry, even though the winds were, were trouble, even though they, they felt like they were about to sink. 
they had Jesus with them. I think the only question we got to have in, in our minds is, God, do I have Jesus with me in my boat? That's what I was seeking when I was laying there in, the, in my bed as a, as a senior in high school, not having a clue where my life was going, in, but knowing it was not going in a good direction. I wasn't real sure I had Jesus with me. I sure enough wasn't surrendered. And I said, Lord, I need help. I can't break this cycle. I can't get out of this situation. I need help. I need somebody to, to you need to put somebody in my life. There were a lot of reasons why there wasn't, that, 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 that I was alone, even though I had people around me, even though I had family. I was absolutely alone. But I knew who my hope was. I knew who my help was. And you know what? I, I came to that place where I said, okay, God, I can't do this on my own. i got to have help. you got to send me the right people. And oddly enough, he sent me a, a girlfriend that helped me, among other people. She basically connected me with people also, that uh, her family being a big part of that. The other thing that I see is that being willing to allow God to begin to have that place in our life begins with a choice. And we have to be willing to say, okay, Jesus, you, I want you in my boat. I think I'm just going to close there because i got too much stuff to, to get into, and I don't want to make this sermon too long. But I want to give you an opportunity just to, to settle in your hearts what it is that's been presented here today. Let's, let's go before the Lord in prayer. Father, we, we just come before you, Lord, knowing that, that you love us, as I said, right where we're at. And Father, we're each and every one in this place at different stages in our lives. Some of us are fully committed. Some of us have made this, made this choice long ago. Some of us may be at a point where we're ready to just say, Lord, Jesus, i got to make sure you're in my boat. And i got to make sure that, that in the midst of whatever place I'm in, that, that you're with me. And Lord, I thank you and I praise you that you're not waiting on us to get it all figured out and, and become perfect. You're just waiting on us to say yes to you. Father, I thank you that, that these could be people who've been here week after week. and Everybody here may assume they're Christians, may assume they've made Jesus Lord, and may assume that they're, they're, they're walking a great godly life. But, Lord, you know our hearts. And, Lord, if there's anybody who today just is saying, God, I, I, I want to surrender to you. Notice I kind of stuttered. You, you may in your heart say, God, Lord, I want to, but, but quit saying but and just say yes. Father, I thank you and I praise you that you hear those hearts. I thank you, Lord, that you also see those that, that have maybe never surrendered their life to Jesus Christ. You, they may be... They may have prayed a prayer to salvation. They may, have, they may believe in Jesus. But Lord, they've never surrendered and said, God, I want you to be my Lord. Father, there's a, there's a way and a plan that you've given us. Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10 says that if we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in our heart that, that God raised him from the dead, that we can be saved. The process for surrendering our life to Jesus is, is pretty simple. Say, Lord Jesus, if you'll have me, and you can pray this prayer, Lord Jesus, if you'll have me, and he will. Lord, I ask you to forgive me. I ask you to come into my heart and my life. And I ask you, Lord God, to help me find your path. Now, Father, I praise you and I thank you that, 
that you know each and every heart that makes that prayer, that decision. And Father, I thank you and I praise you that you receive us. Now, Lord God, I pray that each and every one that makes, whether watching online or sitting right here, that makes a prayer like that, makes a decision like that, as scary as that is, I thank you that there's also a, a, a strength and a freedom and a joy that comes as a result. And Lord God, I pray that there, there'd be a, a strengthening of their, their life, that they could begin to walk that out. Father, we thank you. We praise you for that. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. You know, I was sitting here thinking about Dakota's uh, conversion. He had gone to church a little bit, but God got a hold of him, and I didn't have him come forward. But God got a hold of his heart sitting there in that pew. And he later broke and later told us about it, but God began a transformation. Many of you, I've, I've had others that, that sat here in this church, and some had been members of this church, had been here a long time. This was way early. Cody shared that. He said, you know, I don't know if I ever actually prayed that prayer. I always believed in God. I went to church. but I don't know if I ever really actually committed that. When that takes place, something happens on the inside. So don't stop with just that prayer, but then continue by, by communicating that to somebody close to you, communicating that to me and helping us walk through that. Tell your spouse or tell your uh, a, a family member, friend, or someone so that you can begin to walk that out together. Let them know. Say, you know what? I, I, I made a commitment today. I, I, made, I did something more. Amen? All right.